messaging is what my business is all about. Do you get out the messages about what you do for a living? Like right now, I'm getting out my message. Hey, everybody listening, this is what I do for a living. Subtle or not. But that is what, what, what doing good PR is all about. It's about the message. But you can't get your message out if you don't get exposure, if people aren't interested in interviewing you. So how do you do that? That's one small step for man. Lift off. We have a lift off. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they are. I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Thank you for joining us for today's Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Qualman. Most of you know me as Equal Man. I'm super excited for today's show because a lot of you listeners are going to get a ton out of it, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you work in a Fortune 500 company, whether someone's posted something negative about you or your product online. How do we handle these issues? How do we handle these public relations issues? So couldn't be more excited to be joined by Eric Yaverbaum. He is a well-known American public relations expert, author, and entrepreneur. He has over 30 years of experience in the field of public relations, and he's worked with numerous, listen to these profile clients, listen to these clients, and he's worked with the Rolling Stones, the Olympics, and the United Nations. He's the founder and CEO of Erico Communications, and he's based in New York. And the firm has worked with a wide range of clients across various industries, including healthcare, technology, and entertainment. And of course, he doesn't just stop there. He's an accomplished author. He's written several books on public relations, seven in fact, and he's written Public Relations for Dummies, which is a comprehensive guide to PR strategies and tactics for beginners. He's a frequent speaker, and he's been on media outlets, including CNN, The Wall Street Journal, and Forbes. So it's such an honor to have you here. Welcome to the show, Eric. Uh, thank you so much. For, I'm a big fan. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you so much. And our listeners out there, they hear public relations. And we're going to get into de-influencing and get into unpack some other items as well. But when our listeners hear PR, a lot of them might be authors. They might be CMOs. How do you go about It's hard to get public relations, like kind of free, I'll call it free, like earned media. So that you can be like you have been on CNN, Wall Street Journal. What's the best approach? A lot of people just kind of blast things out there to publicists. They might hire a publicist. So they blast things out directly to, say, the Today Show. What's the best approach that you've seen over your years? How do you get on these shows or in these print publications? Well, not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's look, when I was a kid, you know, I'm in the industry for 41 years. Uh, you know, I've run two large agencies. You know, as you mentioned, we have my our roster is a who's who of both famous, you know, people and not so famous people. Everything from the startup in the garage to you know Sony and everything in between. You want when I was a kid, and I'll I'll give you an example of this that literally I spent forty one years extrapolating from building a practice out of that's done extremely well. Uh, nobody, and it doesn't matter who you are, you know, yeah, yeah, I am in the news every single solitary week. I'm in all sorts of high profile places every single solitary week. 
I, I, I always say, go, 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 Google my name. You'll know more than you ever want to know. And the only person ever to take me up on that was my mother. So yeah, your, your, your listeners don't have to Google my name, but it, <laughs> it, it is a case in point case study. It's literally what we do for everybody. Eric Yaberbaum, who nobody, I, I'm just going to guess unless they, they read one of my books. Um, nobody's ever heard of me. Nobody, you're not dropping Eric Yaberbaum in a party and everybody says, oh my gosh, Eric Yaberbaum. Nobody cares. However, I am in the news, national television, you know, for decades long um, because I make myself a part of stories that are already happening. I show up where the news coverage is already happening. And, you know, news is different now. Um, it's, yeah. Uh, I call it information dissemination. It's not like in the good old days, if I was in the New York Times or if I was on, you know, Good Day LA or whatever the show was. Uh, now everything's digital. It's as important. People get their information from all sorts of places. And I felt like I grew up on real TV. It, anybody can anybody can be on TV. Now you can have your own channel on Facebook if you want. Uh, that said, the credibility that comes along with the mainstream, which some will call uh, uh, born in the brick and mortar world, the 20-year-olds might not be getting their information from the Times. As, just as an example, if you're in mainstream media, it reverberates all over the digital world. I still place a lot of value in you know getting that sort of exposure, not by... The and, and, and I do think it's uh, uh, typical of my industry, what you just described is we'll send out a press release to 2000 people and just hope we get a phone call. And then the next week, we'll send it out to 2000 people again. You can't do that. I mean, it's it, 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 I mean, in spite of the fact that I'm in, you know, in the news on a regular basis behind the curtain, I'm just a regular guy, too. And, uh, and for a living, although I get all sorts of, you know, Lovely, wonderful, and deeply appreciated, you know, compliments for my books or for some of the things that I've done. It, I have always been participatory in history. I show up at places when I know things are going to happen. I, and I had this theory as a kid. When I'm in my 20s, uh, I had three clients, I was, you know, working out of my living room sort of thing. That's how I started my first company, which Wall Street ended up buying 20 years later. And I had this philosophy Tell me what you want to try to accomplish. And we can use the media to accomplish that objective. And one of two things that I learned, one of my first mentors was Henry Kissinger. Kissinger told me a story about when he went before the White House press corps. He would say, does anybody have any questions for the answers I'm already giving? He didn't care what the questions were. That's called messaging. And messaging is what my business is all about. Do you get out the messages about what you do for a living? Like right now, I'm getting out my message. Hey, everybody listening, this is what I do for a living. Subtle or not. Um, <laughs> but that is what, what, what doing good PR is all about. It's about the message. But you can't get your message out if you don't get exposure, if people aren't interested in interviewing you. So how do you do that? So in 85, you know, I have this, the same theory. You know, I'm 24 years old, newbie in the business, uh, no corporate experience, uh, you know, no real experience at all. I mean, the, the, the textbooks that I learned out of, which is all that I knew was from textbooks, the year after I graduated college, were using case studies from things that I, that I was doing in the real world. Uh, but I learned from textbooks. They didn't teach me anything. They taught me how to run General Motors. One person gets that job. Everybody else has to figure out how to do it for their company. So... The philosophy was, 
show up where the news is already happening. In 1985, I knew, and uh, I'm, I'm a big sports fan. I have an enormous sports practice now. Uh, I, I would say ironically, but probably not. I'm interested in sports. I mean, we do a lot in, uh, with the NFL and professional football. It, but at the time, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a regular fan with a struggling business. It's working out of my living. And I have this philosophy. I know there's a pending Major League Baseball strike. I know that's coming. Labor disputes and professional sports, they're always covered exactly the same. Fans are always pissed off. You know, we can't, we just want to be able to afford a ticket, hot dog. And, you know, when you take your family to a game, you spend in a fortune. We cannot relate to the wealthy owners, the wealthier, you know, the wealthy players having a fight about money that pisses us off. I know that that's coming. We had almost two months because the constant friction between the owners and the players as they're trying to work out, you know, this labor dispute. History in professional sports, it was always the same. The fans were always pissed. They said they're, they're done. They're not, they're never watching the sport again. Without exception until 1985, Fans not only came back, they came back in record numbers. More fans actually came back after the labor dispute. They weren't they, being pissed was great while the, everybody was out. When they came back to play, we all came back. So in 85, we, we, my partner and I, out of our living room, formed a National Citizens Action Group. It was called Strike Back. The premise of the group was to become the voice of the fans because I know the way that these things are covered. Mm-hmm. Get the owners the perspective, get the player's perspective, and then find some guy on the street who's a fan who's angry. Uh, we form a National Citizens Action Group called Strike Back. We ask people to send us the letters. The letters were uh, to say they will honor a boycott. Our boycott was, okay, it's fine. You're allowed to have labor speech. You go out on strike. God bless. Go ahead. When you come back to play baseball, we're going to strike. One game for every game that you strike. That was the concept. We call up Peter Uberoff's office. He was the commissioner at the time. He doesn't take our call, of course, the we're away. Four days later, USA Today is writing a story about this fans activist group. I mean, the fans activist group was two of us at the time. Right. We got hundreds of thousands of letters from across the country from people saying they would honor our boycott. We dumped the mail off on uh, on Uberoff's doorstep every day with all the nice. cameras there. Yeah. We became the voice of the fans. And I didn't, the thing about it was, is uh, I didn't really care so passionately about the baseball strike. What I cared so passionately about was Larry King, Ted Koppel asked me, I mean, we, 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 we did everything. We were featured in yeah. Time Magazine. We're on the cover of USA Today. People, you know, of uh, the caliber and level of Koppel and Larry King asked me, you know, why are you doing this, Eric? Like, yep. what, what's the point? And my answer was, this is what I do for a living. I get people on television, radio talk shows. I get them in newspapers and magazines. I'm just using the same avenues that I would for any of my clients. I had three at the time to promote this cause that I feel so strongly about. The cause ended up ending the Major League Baseball strike. Uberoff credited us with the reason being the reason that the strike ended. And that single answer, that was my message. The hook was something I already knew was happening. It's the easiest way to get press exposure. I have been doing that for 41 years, I, not only for myself. I mean, again, you can literally Google me, who's ever listening, go Google oh. me to see whatever the story of the week is. Surprise, surprise, I'm talking about it. I like it. And so when you think about it, you're going with a story, a story of the week. So for example, Let's just, I'll just use myself because I know, know who I am is 
Elon Musk's in the news for Twitter. Uh, TikTok's in the news for possibly getting banned. So those are stories that are top of the top of the level. They're already in the news. I teach a class on digital leadership at Northwestern. I've got six books around digital leadership. How would we go about to reach out well, to a CNBC that has no idea, like you said, who's Eric? Oh, Collins? but that's such so, a perfect example. Yeah. It's a perfect and, and and ironic examples because literally, Google my name, you'll see. I'm talking about that's what I've been talking about in the news lately. Right. Somehow I'm an Elon Musk. I don't know Elon. I well, how do you get Musk. into the CNBCs? How do you get? Is you have to go oh, through an agency, or how do you get there? So the question is. Listener out there is Jill Ford. I'm Eric Qualman, but the Eric Qualman example. All right, he's got credibility. He teaches at Northwestern, master's level. He's got six books on digital leadership. But how do you break in when they don't get Eric Qualman? They never heard that name, like you said, probably. How do you get into a CNBC? Look, being an author also a cheap trick, uh, even though some of my books have done you know really well. Uh, when you're an author, you're an expert. So. Yeah, and it, it was one of the reasons 40 years ago that, you know, I decided to write books. I mean, I'm, I, I, my eighth is coming out next year. So, I, you know, I, I, I kept that promise. It's the best business card I ever had. But it, it's a simple pitch. It's a three-sentence pitch. It's like, like you didn't – it's not like you said, oh, how do I find Eric Yaberbaum? My agency probably sent you – I'm going to guess you, you were on our list one week. We change those lists every week. You probably got a pitch from us. It was probably about some trending topic. And you said, huh? And, and then you looked at who I was, which is also three senses. Eric, chairman of, you know, New York City based, you know, Erico Communications, author of. And that's probably all I've said. That combination, that's six sentences. And I'm making this up, but it's probably close to literally what you got from us. We pitched the topic to not just you, but a lot, you know, a lot of people, which is right. why I end up getting stuff every single week. We pitch the current topic real briefly, and then we have the qualifier of who I am. It's six sentences. It's not a whole bar mitzvah. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not even a press release. It's a pitch note. And we send it out to select people and we do it, you know, every week. Like somebody like you, I'm going to hope you have me back on this show again sometime. So, it, and if you forget about me, which you very well may, it's how I don't take it personally, everybody does, you'll hear from us again and you'll say, oh gosh, we had a good interview with him and look at what he's talking about now. It'll be whatever the topic of the week is. The, the author thing, you don't, you don't need to have it. It's, it, but gosh, does it help? I'm positive that uh, I get more exposure than most people in my own industry uh, because of it. Now, you know, that's yeah. sad. Like, you know, I worked in the White House. I consulted kings i uh I, I i brought a kia to this kind i mean i did a lot of cool stuff in my career definitely nobody cares nearly as much as like nobody i met with the king in the palace nobody ever said that. You're like, All right. you've you got a book. royal plane to meet yeah. the king to give give them and nobody ever said yeah. that no. But what they do care about is what I, I would love it if they did that, you know, or, or that I sat in the Oval Office with the president. That would be cool. Nobody's yeah. ever missed it. It's, it. They don't care about what you would think they do. What they care about is they have to do. They have to do a story 
you know, many journalists every single solitary day. Right. And it, what is going on in the news? And you know, the news, if you track and trend the news, the, tracking and trending in the news is breathless. Yeah. It's a very, very fast process. And that is something that's changed dramatically over my 40, you know, years in the industry. No, for sure. Then switching gears here briefly, because I want to cover this, because you wrote a book, Leadership Secrets of the World's Most Successful CEOs. This is a short show. So what would be the top one that if you ran into someone or our listeners need to know, what's the top secret? The, the buck does not stop on the leader's desk. The buck starts on the leader's desk. I, I found that everybody that I spoke to, so many initiatives started on their desk. It wasn't, yeah, you know, I got to make hard decisions at the end of the day. But, you know, and and everybody knows that part. But the great leaders, they start the initiatives. They're full in, all out behind them. And that particular book for me, I, I I also found out, you know, much to my chagrin, I was looking for the secret answer. What's the you know, leadership secret? Yeah. I guess every, every leader in that book, and it's a hundred powerful people that I interviewed in that book. Everybody has their own chapter. I asked everybody the same five questions. And I knew when I finished, we interviewed 140, we included a hundred. And I knew when I finished, I'll be, uh, then I'll, I'm going to know the magic answer. And the magic answer was every single solitary one of them was very, very different. They all had different styles. They all had different ways that they achieved success, but they were all pretty impassioned. They all had a lot of energy and they all started initiatives. And when you start an initiative, because you know, you got buy-in. If I'm starting it, I got buy-in. It was, you know, coming from my head. Uh, it works. Nice. So that's good. So the buck starts with the CEO. That's good that they have to drive some of these initiatives and keep on it. They got to keep driving. They got to. Well, be it's also in. if you. I mean, I'm. I'm a bit. Uh, all the metaphorical examples between sports and and uh, working. I'm a team player, and I do think. And and I'm not that smart. I'm not that smart. I love to be the dumbest one in the room. If I'm not the dumbest one in the room, it's the wrong room. And if you're in a room like that. Uh, where you can be around really smart people and absorb different perspectives because we all think differently and not have any like ego about I don't need I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I want to be the dumbest for that reason. I can expand my horizons and being, you know, humble. It's not shtick. Uh, and, you know, I do think that in general, people gravitate to humble people who get stuff done. And one of the things about my career for 41 straight years, and it's not a coincidence, is it always works out in the end, always. Always works out in the end. And now we're seeing some pain points for companies and also individuals is de-influence. So obviously we've heard of influencers. They're out there, they're on TikTok, they're on Instagram. They're saying, oh, I'll use this cream for my face. It's amazing. But now we're starting to see a rise of de-influence. And that could be politics, it could be products, it could be individuals to where people on TikTok negatively post about a product. Don't use this product, that stinks. Or this person, avoid them at all costs, whether that's an individual, whether it's a politician. And so you see this de-influence. Walk us through it, but I'm really particularly interested to know what do you do if you're a target of this de-influence? Because I can see there being lawsuits if you can figure out that they're getting paid and they're not disclosing that this is a sponsored deal for this de-influence. Like where yeah. are we when it comes to this? And what do you do most importantly, if you're a target of this, it could be an individual that all of a sudden there's something negatively posted about you yeah. and that shows up on Google. That's probably the top question our listeners gonna have is. Inevitably, I mean, the fact that this is happening, I don't, I don't think it's a fad. I mean, I think it was a really predictable trend. 
the transparency that exists in the connectivity because of digital and social media in the world. In the old days, if I was, you know, unhappy about something, I would, you know, write yeah. out my complaint and put it in the little suggestion box. And yep. Our listeners are bought in. They know that this is happening. What do they do? What is an expert? What do they do? Not, not, not run and hide. Um, it, it, and, and by the way, I learned this from Elizabeth, all the, the, the worst time to prepare is when, when the tide is rising. Um, so if you do not have, if you have never thought about this before, if you do not have a proactive plan in place for how to, everybody's going to be, I mean, if you have any exposure in the world whatsoever, and if you, or aspire to, you will, uh, you know, feel the other side of that also. That's to me, what, literally what this is. Um, long time coming. I'm so unsurprised. Uh, and, 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 and I'm not surprised also about how many people are, they're just not equipped. They don't know what to do. Everybody wants attention until it's not the attention that they want. Right. And you know, the thing about it is, is that, you know, I grew up, you know, in a world where, uh, my reputation was for crisis when I was younger and part of my success with crisis, and I would say that it still applies today, is is that I never looked at a crisis as a, I looked at a crisis as an opportunity. People were they were interested, they were not positively interested, but I w- had the opportunity with all of that interest to turn it around and make it work for me. And you know, sometimes that meant apologizing, sometimes that meant changing policies. I mean, oh, you know, all sorts of things, but not addressing and getting back out in front of whatever it is that you're being targeted for is always a mistake. Just sitting, putting your head in the sand or hoping that it will just go away is it is unlikely. That's good advice. And so taking steps, let's say someone posts something that's not, not even true. So these TikTokers get out there and it's about your product or more importantly, it's about you as an individual that someone's posted and then it's showing up on Google. It could be a blog post. It could be TikTok folks out there. What steps can you take obviously you're doing the best you can to put all your positive news out there but there's some we'll call it fake news about you that's put out there and now more and more it could be a bot that's done that how do you clean that up or what's the approach yeah to, there's to a ton of it i mean the my joke for i don't know decades now has been the, the best place to bury a dead body is the page two of your google search results nobody <laughs> ever, nobody ever really looks to page two i mean literally when i do shows like this like people will listen to this they'll google me so, it, all they're going to see is good stuff you know you, you got to go like 25 pages deep into my google stuff to find out you know I, i've been involved in all sorts of I'll say colorful things in my, you know, in my career. Um, and I've been a spokesperson for some interesting characters in my career. They, it turns out some of them weren't, weren't so great. Um, <laughs> but you, you, you're, you're going to have to dig really deep to do that. One thing is, you know, don't overreact. Don't make a story out of a non-story. Mm, but good. do know that it is very possible. Like when I tell you this, I'm, I'm, I'm confessing. Go ahead, uh, listeners, go 25 pages deep. You'll find the first <laughs> bad article about me. You'll hear some uh, about all the terrible, evil things I did on Capitol Hill. Um, I mean, literally, no, even, even as I coax people, nobody will do that. I mean, I, I kind of find that uh, the critical press of me and my career amusing more than all the positive stuff. But the thing is, is that the positive stuff constantly buries anything. Like if I, like, like uh, my agency, I don't know how many years, 30 years ago, we represented uh, uh, Jordan Belfort, um, who I knew from college. 
Jordan Belfort, un, un, unbeknownst to me at all, because I didn't understand anything about Wall Street, was, Jordan's the wolf of Wall Street. I, I, I didn't even realize it until a decade later when a reporter asked me in a courtroom that I was in with another client, is it a coincidence that you represent the person that was on trial there and the Wolf of Wall Street? I said, I don't, I don't represent the Wolf of Wall Street. And, and she said, oh, this is what New York Times said to me. Oh, yes, you did. I said, no, I didn't. She said, you didn't represent Jordan Belfort? I said, Jordan Belfort? Jordan <laughs> Belfort? That was the Wolf. She said, you didn't see the movie? You didn't read the book? You didn't see the movie? I said, no, I didn't know it was Jordan. I did represent Jordan. <laughs> but, I mean, you have to search. You know, I mean, look, and now I bring it up again. So oh. now it'll get keyworded. It'll come back to the top of my search. But, you know. Just real quick for those listeners that haven't seen the movie or read the book, The Wolf of Wall Street, very famous movie. I think it's with Leonardo DiCaprio, but yes. Jordan Belfort is basically convicted of fraud, I believe, in um, the financial sector for, for trading and selling securities. Yeah. Basically, he's convicted. He's back out of prison. He actually speaks. I see him sometimes. Ironically, because of Jordan was my first, um, Jordan hired us, maybe, this may be between 30 and 40 years ago. Uh, the criteria for how he picked us was I lived on his floor as a freshman in college. I, I had no crisis. Experience. Oh, nice. What college? Uh, American University. In oh, East. very cool. But I had no idea what I was getting into at all. But it was the very first time in my career where I, I was working directly with the, with the White House. And as a result of the, you know, what was going on then. And, and, and you know, that was a that was a major league crisis for obvious reasons. I just didn't realize it when I was stepping into it. But because of that, my reputation in crisis and, and the crisis work that I got to handle for decades, kind of an accident because of Jordan. In, in any given week or over the, I don't want to say any given week, over the course of a year, stuff like that gets buried and the new stuff comes up. Like, you know, literally, I, I, I don't know what the last article was to run about me. It was probably this week or last week. And I, I'm going to I'll just make a Vegas odds bet that it was probably about Elon. Ironic that you, you know, bring it up because of, he, you know, he's constantly in the news. I, you know, I talk about TikTok a lot, too. Whatever the, you know, whatever the stories are of the, and, and all that negative stuff. Or not all that. There's not that much, but whatever negative stuff there is, it gets buried in the press. It, it's really, really positive stuff. And there's nobody. I mean, honestly, who wants to read more than one article about me anyway? I mean, nobody. <laughs> no, it's good advice. It's kind of dilution. So it's everyone's going to have something negative posted about them. I love that you said, don't make a story out of a non-story. That's especially as you ascend the ranks, people are trying to use your name for them to get in the news. And so you got to look at it and go, well, that's not worth a comment because they're just kind of, well, the controlling. comment. Yeah. yeah, no, you're literally taking the bait. I mean, yeah. for when I, uh, I worked on the Bush uh, Obama transition team and I stayed in uh, in the White House for uh, Obama's first year. When I left, Fox grabbed me. Uh, don't hold it against me um, <laughs> one way or the other. I was their token liberal Democrat for eight years. The viewers hated me. I The comments were just nasty. I, I never really engaged. I, you know, I, I was just amused by it. Uh, I thought it was important to get out, you know, the other perspective, which I was allowed to do on air. And what it did for my career, because I was on national TV three hours a week for eight years, what it did for my career was remarkable. Nothing to this very day. I mean, and, you know, and that's a pretty polarizing network to be on, especially if you, you're on my side of the aisle. Like that's like sleeping with the enemy. Uh, 
where I looked at it differently. I thought, you know what? It's important that somebody uh, from the left or who's a liberal or who's a Democrat goes on this network and defends the other point of view. And what's the value to me in my career? Pretty good. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And speaking of pretty good, this has been amazing sitting down there. As we wrap things up, I always like to ask what's kind of one big takeaway we didn't cover. So we covered a lot of ground, obviously, with your background from the White House, working on Wall Street, also work with these giant sports franchises and leagues. Uh, it's incredible in 41 years. And if you look at our listeners, so some might have a kid's game they're trying to get exposure for. Others are out there, they might be an author speaker trying to get that engagement. Others are entrepreneurs inside an organization trying to get some PR. You mentioned the advice, be part of the story. So if the story of the week, soup du jour is TikTok, how can you speak to TikTok? How do you find, I think the biggest is, they might be getting better at writing that short story, that blurb that goes out to these people. Is there a resource or resources? How do you find the producer at CNBC or the podcast show? Or what's the best way to kind of find these email addresses well, or phone you numbers? You can grassroots one phone call at a time. Okay. I mean, agencies like mine will use the, I mean, there's very sophisticated services and databases that, that we'll use that they do exist. But you can also do something like a PR Newswire. I mean, there, there there's, there's cost-efficient resources so that you can get mailing lists or at the very least emails and you know i mean you could send one email at a i mean when i started my career that's what i did i said i i was for strike back that's what i was doing one email at a time i'm in time magazine on the cover of usa today i'm on nightline i'm on larry king's show i mean it's incredible one email one email no i don't even i don't even, you know what i don't even know if it was email i don't know if email i, I don't i think like fax machines were new then yeah that's what we would literally sit at the fax machine, just facts, facts. I always say if facts. you can find a fax number this day and age, it's perfect because that's going to shine through. <laughs> if you fax yeah. someone, they're like, hey, there's something that came out of this machine. And I might say, have Eric come speak about Elon. That's a genius. <laughs> I like it. That's gorgeous. Any parting words for the guests as we wrap things up here? Anything else that we didn't cover? Um, yeah, go. I mean, aim high, go big. I mean, you can. It's not, I mean, I. I just feel like I grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm a small town kid. I mean, I've lived in New York for 40 years, but I was always shooting for the moon and it's, it's, it's possible. And the exposure that I've gotten is probably the biggest reason why my career has been, it's such, it's such a blessed, I mean, I love what I do genuinely. It's not work. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you could tell. I mean, it's great. The passion. Oh, thank you very much. Thank and are you. you taking on clients right now? Because you might get some from the show. Uh, it's tough to it's it tough does. to get on our roster, but please do try. <laughs> yeah, please do, hurt. Anybody who wants to, anyway, us to represent right. you, please do try. Since I sold my first agency, I went to the White House. I started the agency that I run now, which is 15 years old. We're really picky about what we represent. I want the things that we represent are things that I am positive, practicing the art and the disciplines that we know will change the business. Because here's the thing about my industry is if you're really good, you can get your clients exposure on a regular basis. That is, in theory, that should be everybody. Yeah. If you're great, and there's not a lot of great ones out there, and it's one of the reasons that I keep both staff and clients for long periods of time, is you impact the client's bottom line. If you can get exposure and ring a cash register somewhere you know, over the bridge that that press takes them to, 
you will uh, have a client for a very long time. So, you know, we look for uh, clients like that, clients that we know we can do that for. For the long term. I love it. I love it. I love it. Again, Eric Gaberbaum, thank you so much for joining us. I know the uh, listeners appreciate it. I appreciate it. And and find out more about you. Where can they find out more about you? Well, I, I, I always say, you know, you Google my agency. Google. I've got a great corporate website. You can Google my name. Nobody's going to remember once we go off air who I am. I wrote PR for Dummies. That's one of my books. PR for Dummies. Everybody can remember that. Find me that way. Um, there we go. You heard it. Find on the internet. I love it. Well, thanks again for listening to today's Super You podcast. Again, it's the podcast designed to unlock and unleash your inner superpower. And if you want to pay it forward, make sure you go post a review for the Super You podcast because what that will do, it'll allow others that aren't familiar with our podcast to discover it. And hopefully that allows them to unlock and unleash their inner superpower. So that's it for today's show. I'm your host, Equal Man, reminding all of us it's not what we take from the world, it is what we leave behind. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Super, 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 super you. Oh.